Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1503. Fix it right, you won't have to go back to that issue again, you'll have time to concentrate on other stuff. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, Don Newlove. Don Newlove is a designer and builder who works alongside his good buddy, Mike Scott. Uh, He built his first top fuel bike in Canada and started racing top fuel bikes with Clyde Rawlings back in 1988. Don raced with Clyde as his crew chief, helping Clyde to score a 7.84 second, 170 mile per hour on a shovel head back in 1987. Man, that's fast. Don built his first Harley bike in 1988 and throughout his career has built numerous winning bikes, including show bikes. Don and Mike joined forces in 2004, and within a year, they set their first CMDRA record at Mission Raceway in the 1/8 mile, going 194.55 miles per hour. And they've made numerous Six-second passes well over 200 miles per hour. In 2018, they earned the CMDRA Wrench of the Year Award. And in 2020, it proves to be another winning season for the, these two fellows. Don's other brother, Rod Newlove, has been a guest here on Cars Yeah! as well. They all love bikes. We'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that makes Cars Yeah! possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark a Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. All right, Don, we are back. Welcome to Cars Yeah. I usually ask my guests if they're buckled up and ready for a fun ride. In your case, being a bike guy, do you have your helmet on, your gloves and boots on? You ready to go real fast? Oh, yeah, we're always ready to go fast. Yeah, that's the, that's the name of the game. Yeah, no kidding. And you guys do go fast. So before I jump into the questions, could you just share a little bit with our listeners about who you are and what you're doing these days? Well, like you, like you said on the introduction, Mark, I've uh, I built the first top fuel bike in Canada. 
Uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I've been at it pretty much ever since then. I've worked at uh, several motorcycle shops. I've owned a couple different motorcycle shops. I uh, was a head designer and engineer and, and uh, research and development lead at uh, a motorcycle shop where we built various types of motorcycle replacement frames and shipped them all over the world. I've always been involved in motorcycles and cars and hot rods and pretty much anything mechanical. I've always had a, always got a real enjoyment out of that. Absolutely. So tell our listeners, Don, one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you. That's a tough shot, that one. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, most people, I don't know if most people know it or not, but I've always really liked dogs. We've got a house full of dogs that live with us, and uh, and I used to show quarter horses quite a bit, quite a few oh, wow. years ago. We showed, uh, we raised and showed quarter horses. I was the president of the Alberta Quarter Horse Association for a few years, and uh, we did that for a little while, which probably a lot of people aren't that aware of. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, let's start our journey with you here, Don, uh, with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the, the tires spinning here on cars. Yeah, so grab the handlebars. Well, what I've always said is I'm not here to fill the class. I'm just here to kick some ass. <laughs> well, that's, just, that's a good term for a racer, and that's definitely, you know, what you guys have been doing. I would love for you to share with our listeners more about this new season here, 2020. I mean, I've got some pictures, and for you listeners, go to the Cars Yow website, check out Don's page, and you'll see a picture of him with a bike. He sent me a few pictures. I mean, these bikes are serious, serious racers i mean they're they're mind-boggling as i think i said to you once don when i responded to one of your emails those things are scary to look at so tell our listeners more about what you're doing because i know that a lot of folks don't realize that some of these bikes even exist and that people race them and go very fast well that's the thing is when we're uh when we, we race at a bunch of nhra events throughout the year and uh pretty much every race there's people that come up to me and tell me they've never seen nothing like that before and never knew they existed and stuff so it's uh it's amazing how many people aren't aware of these bikes. I kind of take it for granted because I've been around them since the 80s and early 90s. They're just part of me right now. But these bikes, we, they're built strictly to run nitromethane, which is the same top fuel as top fuel dragsters and top fuel funny cars run. There's custom special built motorcycles to do this job. We build our own. A lot of guys, a couple guys build their own chassis. There's a couple guys that build chassis that are available or, uh, they're all made out of chrome molly tubing, same as the top fuel cars and stuff. Uh, all run carbon fiber bodies, and and uh, just about everybody runs a two-speed transmission and a slipper clutch. The slipper clutch and fuel system is almost identical stuff as to what the big guys run on all their top fuel cars. Our stuff's just a little bit smaller. They run, the, they make about ten thousand horsepower. We make about a, a thousand horsepower with our normally aspirated bikes. The blower bike that I've recently built makes about 1,400 horsepower. We're just getting a handle on uh, clutch management and stuff on that to actually use all of that horsepower. You know, when I watch these guys take off down a drag strip on a bike, the first question that comes to mind, and this may be silly because I'm not as into it as you are, how on earth do they hang on? Well, just the way the bike's designed, your ass kind of sits into a into a little bucket in the back end of it. And when you hit that throttle, it tucks you in there pretty good. And as long as you don't get your, as long as you don't get your head up too much, you get too much air between you and the bike, you'll end up staying there. But if if you get 
too much air under your hands or underneath your, uh, between your helmet and the bike or whatever, there's been guys hucked off these bikes at over 200 mile an hour. I'm sure most of your listeners have stuck their hand out the car window at 60 mile an hour. You know how much a little deflection makes there, and uh, you can just imagine what it does to a human at 200 mile an hour if you get air between you and the bike. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's just quite fascinating. And what are some of the elements when you're designing a bike like this that is designed to go very fast for a very short period of time? What are some of the key elements that you design and build into these bikes so that Number one, they work. Number two, they stay in a straight line and can actually go that fast. You know, they're very stretched. When I look at it, very stretched out. They are very stretched out. We run a fairly aggressive rake on the front end to uh, give it some high-speed stability. Uh, Most of the, on a really good pass, last year when we set the uh, Indianapolis track record at 237 mile an hour, from the time Mike hit the throttle, it it got hard on the wheelie bars and it stayed. It, the wheelie bars were planted right out the back door. He tripped the beams at the out the back end of the track with the back wheel. The front wheel never shut, never touched the ground until he shut the throttle off. And uh, oh my gosh! When you build Whoa. a bike to do that, you're basically flying a thousand or twelve hundred pound machine down the track on the back wheel at wheelie bars. So the front tire never touched the ground till he was done with his run. That's right. It never touched the ground until he shut the throttle off. My gosh. And when, it yeah, did, talk when, about... it, when he did shut the throttle off and the front wheels did come down, there was a huge puff of smoke off. It looked like an air, air jet landing or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Front I had no idea. Oh, my gosh. I, now, now I'm even more nervous watching those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a special kind of guy to want to get on one of them. Well, you know, I, I enjoy watching MotoGP, and, and that makes me nervous because these guys are just traveling at these high rates and going around corners and, you look at them in super slow-mo and you just realize that little tiny patch of tire is keeping them up. Uh, but what you guys are doing is a whole nother level of, I won't call it insanity because it's not insane. I mean, you guys plan this, you design it. It's not like you have a death wish or anything. You're out there to set records and win. But it's just mind-boggling to me and how the brain of your driver, your pilot, as you call him, can even function that fast i mean is it over as fast as almost a blink of an eye i mean you're talking about six seconds i'm just incredible yeah it's uh it seems to happen quite fast Mike <laughs> seems to be able to slow things down i'm i don't i think the probably the better riders in the class seem to be able to slow things down and, and react to stuff quicker uh you see some guys out there trying to move the bike around trying to pre pre-plan what the bike's going to do whereas a lot of the better riders they kind of react to what the bike's doing and, and kind of move it around accordingly. Mike always tells me about stuff he sees while he's driving down the track and stuff. It's like he's on a Sunday cruise and stuff. And he's, he's spent a pile of time on these bikes, and uh, and he seems quite comfortable with them. And the stuff, seem, he seems to be able to slow the pass down in his mind when he does it. So it, I'm just glad I got a guy like him that can run one of these things. Well, no kidding. Incredible talents. And I think the brain has an interesting way of capturing split seconds. I had uh, Vic Elford on the show here who raced every Porsche 917 ever built, and he talked about racing down the Mulsane Strait, you know, well in excess of 250 miles an hour, and there was a little cafe off to one side, and he said he first time he went around, for a split second, he noticed a woman in a red dress sitting outside sipping a coffee, and the next time he came around, she was still there, coffee in hand, third time, and then fourth time, she was gone, and 
you're going that fast and be able to, your brain to be able to capture that split fraction of time and freeze it. It must be some way that the brain works to try to help you cope with those, the magnitude of speed. So I can see how your, your pilot could say that. Let's talk about your life a little bit here and talk about some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way, something that kind of pushed you up against the wall and tested you a little bit. The most important part of this story, though, should be the lesson learned. So take us there, walk us through it. We'll capture a little moment in time. Well, I've always worked for other people. As far as the race teams go, I've kind of basically had my own motorcycle shop, my own hot rod shop and automotive shops and stuff over the years. That uh, I've just built, built and fixed various things right probably from the time I was 17 out of my dad's garage. I've always kind of worked for myself, but as far as the racing end of it goes, I've always I've always been a crew chief for another team or for a team and I've always had a a boss or somebody who's owned the team. The last batch of guys I worked for, they uh, when they finally had had enough of racing and they wanted to retire, I think they were kind of getting to the point where the bikes were getting fast for them. And one of the brothers had gotten hurt on the bikes already, and I think they just didn't want to see the other brother get hurt. They wanted to get out of the industry. I wanted to buy the stuff, and I wasn't able to put the deal together. Then all their stuff ended up going to a, another buddy of mine out on the West Coast just as everything fell into place over the next few years, the blower bikes that I built for them that we just started to get a handle on, he'd offered to let me take it back to Indy when Mike Scott lost his, uh, he was riding for another team at that point, and uh, he lost his ride for that weekend. So we took that blower bike down there, and we did really good with it then. And uh, the guy that owned the bike, offered to make me a deal on it. Mike said that if I could make a deal on it, he would ride it for me. So I finally put my own team together, and now I'm the uh, the team owner and the crew chief and everything <laughs> of this uh, Don New Love Racing team. Yeah, well, congratulations for that. And, uh, yeah, definitely a challenge. I mean, putting a team together like that. And, you know, racing is so much defined by capital and money, and the cost is high and all this kind of stuff. So kudos to you for pulling that off. That was no easy feat, was it? That was no easy feat. Like you say, the uh, the money was a big part of it. I'd use just about every cent that I'd had saved up, and uh, I got the bike December 3rd or 4th, and uh, I took the bike completely apart to the bare frame. It had been together for about six years at that point, and it, was tight. it needed a refit real bad. Uh, so I completely stripped the bike, completely rebuilt the bike. I reinforced the frame. I knew we were making more horsepower than that uh, chassis was designed for. So I completely reinforced the frame, built a bunch of new pieces for it. I built a complete trailer to, and rigged it all up to haul all our equipment around. Uh, refurbished a golf cart and a scooter so we could use that stuff at the pits. Uh, rebuilt the starter cart, did all that stuff. And we were at the uh, first race in Pomona within 60 days with a running bike. So that was uh, several 20-hour days. And I had a lot of guys helping me. And a lot of my buddies stepped up and would come and give me a hand for even a few hours at a time, putting tie-downs in the trailer for me or, or wiring things in the trailer for me or just, just help me out any way they could. And I couldn't have did it without all the help I got. But that's when you can tell how good how good of friends you got is when they all show up at a time like in need like that, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's like so many racers I've had on this show. I um, mean, you just make it work. You never give up. You just keep working at it. It's difficult. So, again, kudos to you for what you pulled off there. Nice to have great friends who are willing to help out. We're going to take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we're back here, Don, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this passion that you have for bikes and cars. I know you're into hot rods and muscle cars as well as building motorcycles. Is there a pivotal moment in your life back when that you knew you were going to be a car, a bike guy? I don't know. I think I've always kind of known that. I was riding motorcycles around Saskatoon uh, before I even had a driver's license and after the uh, after the police took me home a few different times for uh, riding motorcycles <laughs> around on the streets without a license, I, I knew I was probably going to be in, the, in that industry for quite a while. <laughs> it's always been like that, right? Yeah, where I where I grew up, there was this dirt bike path that I could ride my motorcycle before I had my license all the way from my house through some alleys down this dirt bike path all the way to my high school and uh, got away with it for quite a long time somehow. I hope my mom is not listening. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you know, it's just fun. I mean, you, you like bikes and you, you love that stuff and, uh, it's definitely in your blood, in your DNA. What was your first really special vehicle? Was it a bike or a car? And maybe you could share a memory you have about that ride. Uh, I've always had, I guess, probably my first, first bike, probably my first, uh, 45 cubic inch Charlie that I built. 
years ago when I was 15 years old, I'd scrounged up a bunch of parts from a bunch of different farmers out in Saskatchewan. There used to be a lot of that stuff laying around. And, and uh, I built my first 45. Probably my first car I had was after I got my driver's license. I had a, a 64 Chevy Impala SS with a 409 and a four-speed. That's always been one of the cars that I think of and remember. And when I got my driver's license, I had a 66 Chevy pickup, and I went and bought that just because I tried to borrow my dad's car to go get my driver's license. He told me if I didn't have my own vehicle, I didn't need a driver's license, so I went and bought that Chevy pickup. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Well, you know, I was really fortunate because the neighbor up the street where I grew up had a Chevy dealership, and he loaned me a brand-new Z28 Camaro to take my driver's license in. It was a manual, which uh, was kind of interesting. but. He said, if you pass your test, you can keep this car for a week and enjoy it. And by golly, I passed that test because I wanted right. to have a chance to drive your that car thing. Was uh, it was, uh, let's see, 1974. Right. Yeah, I think it was 1974. Yeah. Yeah, those were pretty nice cars back then, to, especially for a brand new, brand new one for your driver's license. That would have been awesome. Yeah, the uh, driving instructor I was in Southern California got in. He looked at me, he says, is this your car, kid? And I said, no, my neighbor loaned it to me. And he's like, your neighbor loaned you this car? <laughs> I said, yeah, he's a pretty nice guy. And he said, if I pass my test today, I get to keep it for a week and drive it to school. And he said, well, you better do a good job. So, uh, yeah, so uh, he, he passed me. Yeah, it was Perfect. fun. Well, let's talk about uh, if you woke up tomorrow, Don, and you were a vehicle. Now, it could be a bike or a car. But you were actually manifested as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as this vehicle. What would Don be and why? That's kind of a different question, but I would, I've, yeah. always, I've always really liked uh, the 1970 Hemi Challenger. I'm actually building ah. one of them right now myself for myself, and it's, a, uh, it's always reminded me of the real quintessential muscle car. And uh, oh, yeah. some that I, you know, a lot of a couple of guys in high school had them when I was going to school, and I always thought that was a pretty awesome car. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. How long? How long have car. you been working on it? Oh, I've had this one for probably fifteen years now, or something. But it's oh my uh, gosh, body work's just about all done. The motor's done, tranny's done, and it's just about to the point where I'm I'm hoping that starting this summer I can probably start doing the assembly on it. How cool! What color is it? It's a uh, hemi orange. Hemi Orange. I love it. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some very quick blips of that Hemi Challenger throttle. You're now a stranger to going fast, so this is a bit of a lightning round. So here we go. Uh, Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in racing over the years? Well, I believe one of the things that really helps is the attention to detail. And the more time I have to spend on something before I go and run it, the more time I'll spend on it. And, you know, sometimes we've only got a couple of days between races. Other times we've got a couple of weeks between races, but it always seems like I spend all my time on the bike, getting it ready and, and going through each and every system and thing on it. And, and anytime anything ever costs me around, I try and design or, or build something that makes that so it'll never happen again. So I never lose around because of the same thing twice. There you go. Well, they say many a race is won in the preparation and not at the track. So well, that's, that's very scary. true. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I don't know. I've watched that Jay Leno on TV a few times, and he seems like he's got a pretty good feeling about 
vehicles and motorcycles and has kind of the same outlook that I do on things. And I think if I could have a drink with somebody like him that uh, he might be able to teach me a little bit about how to get sponsorship and stuff so I can actually pursue this a little bit harder. There you go. Yeah, uh, meet him up at the the Big Dog Garage, as he calls it. Oh, well, my regular listeners know this. I've been trying to get him on this show forever. Maybe one day he'll uh, he'll ring me up, but uh, I'll keep trying. How about uh, the best racing or motorcycle or automotive advice you've ever received? What would it be? Well, I'd probably fix it right the first time. My dad always told me never never to... Uh, patch anything up or try and try and just make it through the next round he said if you fix it right you won't have to go back to that issue again you'll have time to concentrate on other stuff yeah why is there always time to do things twice if you don't yeah. do it right the first time you know exactly yeah seems to be the same how about a great resource is there one in particular that's kind of a go-to for you well the nitro harley thing is pretty limited as far as resources and stuff go i use that nhra live uh, the live TV thing and stuff. We watch all our races and stuff on there. As far as uh, being able to see what's been happening and stuff, I uh, I try and get people at the track that are working with me on any particular weekend to do uh, videotaping of the bike and the wheel speed and stuff like that, so I can get a handle on how things are working. But there's not really a great deal of resources available out there. I help a lot of other teams out and stuff because I know how how hard it is to find any kind of information at all. I've got teams I helped down in Australia and all over the United States. So there's, uh, nice. I've worked with quite a few different teams. It's great. It's great. It's a tight knit community. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read you think our listeners want to enjoy? I've read quite a bit of stuff by Zig Ziglar and, uh, some of it's born to win and some of that kind of stuff gives a guy a real good handle on uh, goal setting and planning things out and seeing things through when you, when you have a plan and when you have your goals written down on paper. And, and I try and do a lot of that sort of thing. It uh, doesn't always work out as far as my time goes, but uh, I try and always keep <laughs> a goal sheet or something in front of me all the time. Yeah, yeah, Zig Ziglar, one of the greats for sure. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these resources on Don Newlove's Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Don Newlove. And if you missed my talk with his brother, you can type in Newlove and his brother's show will pop up and you can listen to that as well. Great guy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car or motorcycle that exists out there today. Park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game since I'm writing the check. One is you can't sell it to fund your racing career. You have to keep it and ride it or drive it. No garage queens, but it's the only one cool collector bike or car you can have. So what can I buy you today, Don? Well, that's kind of a different question for a guy like me because I've never actually ever bought anything that runs and drives. I've built every vehicle <laughs> I've ever owned. Even when I buy wow. stuff for my daily drivers, I buy stuff that still needs a motor or a tranny or something done in it. But wow. uh, if, I could, yeah. uh, if I could finish this Hemi Challenger, I'd be a pretty happy guy to have it sitting in my garage. Well, okay. So I guess this will be a, a little bit of a unique answer. Instead of uh, buying you a Hemi Challenger, I'll just pay to have it all finished so you don't have to deal with it. How about, if you, how about, if, you just, how about if you just pay for some more parts from year one or something? Oh, like okay. That. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You just send me the bills. I'll send you, you the go. checks and you can cool. get that car Perfect. done a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. Well, or, I kind of like that. Gonna, if you're going to do that, we'll just build another fuel bike and I can get one more bike on our team. Well, there you, go. there you go. Well, and you know, that's what I like about you, Don. You're a hands-on guy, and I think that's great. You're true to who you are. Kudos to you for being a guy that's out there building his own stuff, knows what he likes, does it exactly the way he wants. 
I think that's fantastic. You have taken us on a really fun ride today. I knew this would be great. Uh, your brother said, hey, you got to have Don on the show. And and uh, by the way, um, for those listeners, uh, Don just went through a little, was it a knee replacement surgery? No, it was actually a skin cancer on my lower leg that they took off. It was a pretty good. Oh, okay. I- I'm glad you're on the mend and you're doing better. Yep. Um, that's uh, no fun to have to deal with, but uh, uh, I'm glad you're feeling better and everything is uh, back up to form. And uh, I know we were going to do this show a couple of weeks ago. You were kind of just getting over the surgery and not feeling too well. So I'm so glad you're feeling better now and that everything turned out great for you. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your team? Well, we're just we're currently working on our new website. It's not quite up and running yet, but you can always follow us on Facebook at Don New Love Racing. I'll make sure I do that. You let me know when your new page is up, and uh, I'll make sure that I share that with my listeners out there so they can follow you guys and uh, root you on to a very successful 2020. I wish you and your team a very safe and successful racing season this year. I think it's fantastic that you have your own team and that you guys are doing this together. Very, very cool. Don, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your incredible life that you've had. I mean, just fantastic. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot, Mark. You have a great day yourself, and thanks for having me on the show. You too. Take care. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.